Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi, and joining me as always, my virtual office buddy, Caroline Garney. Caroline. Hi. How are you doing? It's, we're uh, it's, it, uh, we, we, I feel like every single episode we've said this, but my Lord, it's hot. We have reached <laughs> new levels. It's a, it's so a heat, what is it, a heat dome? It's what a heat dome in the South the anyway, dome. I don't know, but yeah, our, our, uh, condolences to our friends on the West Coast who are, who are dealing with the, the after effects of our heat dome, which is that it's pushing all our hurricanes out to California. Wow. We've got that. There's wildfires everywhere. Fun times. In Fun, Fun times, times in the U.S. Yikes. Yeah. But football, college football starts this week. College football so. is coming. I, I you know, th- this is um, this is something that, that certainly means a great deal to both of us um, as, as people who grew up with the sport. But I... I, you know, I, at least at least on my end, I'm not super excited about it as, as much as I would normally be. And I think it's just all of, you know, I'll probably feel differently when game day gets here. But yeah. it's just I, I've been able to kind of stick my head in the sand with with all the great movies that we've had this summer. Uh, but but there's there's so much junk, so much mess going on around college football. Yeah. And it kind of makes it's like it's like in the years it, it, it I guess my best thing I can equate it to right for our pop culture podcast is you know how all of these strikes and all of this sort of off camera stuff makes mm-hmm. you less excited about TV and movies. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about college football. There's all this behind the scenes junk going on. And yeah. it's hard for me to it's hard for me to just get excited about what the thing actually is. I know the realignment stuff is really taking it out for me, but it's just kind of like mm. I have looked at putting together like ideas for content and stuff to cover in the fall, movies coming out, and then looking at like shows coming back, and it's all reality TV because of the strikes. Yeah, unfortunately, which is like it is what it is. I also watch reality television, but like when it's solely like. Big Brother, Survivor, uh, new Golden Bachelor, where Jerry, I think, is in his, his oh 70, 65 or 70, waiting for that cast list to drop. Can't wait. Uh, literally cannot wait. I'm stoked to see. See, and the, this is this is a I big thing. It's a, it's a bummer. I, I think there are some people who are genuinely love that kind of stuff. And I mean, obviously yeah. there are because they get, they get great ratings and it's a big part. But of I need TV. a mix. I need but a mix of things. sure. And for people like me, it's a huge bummer because I am not a reality <laughs> TV guy and never, I really never have been. I, I think the last reality show that I really kept up with uh, was, was the original season of the mole on ABC. Oh do, you, gosh, do you know what show I'm talking that is about? Like the, yes. And that is like the most, I didn't watch it, but that's that, you know, that absolutely tracks with what I know of you, my good friend Matt, is that you would absolutely sit down and watch the mole. The mole, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just because there was at least like some interesting plot to it. Like it was manufactured, but at least Are there was a Are you saying that people trying to find love amongst a group of 20 to 30 men or women? Listen, so I will say we'll segue a little bit into this because there was a huge finale on Monday night. Um, if you have not watched the Bachelorette finale and do not want it spoiled, now is the time to change the station channel spoil away for me I'm I'm totally fine um but Charity Lawson Dotton he's the most adorable they're a wonderful couple I actually like you this season has been um 
super boring and that is the biggest compliment that i can pay to charity (laughs) lawson shout out to her for relatively low drama she like the dudes that stunk were kicked off pretty quickly the guys that she had left were all delightful (laughs) so is this really like why people watch these bachelor shows is because they want to see somebody make a bad decision is that like what the main appeal is i don't think people want the main person like the bachelor bachelorette to make a bad decision i think genuinely a lot of fans want to see them find their forever love like capital f capital l forever love um but there's something to be said like for the messiness like there's something to be said like when the guy messes up the fantasy suites entirely like the last season he just made every wrong decision at every turn and you're kind of like okay and there's something about like if they can tease the most dramatic season i think this might have been the first time i've ever watched a season of the bachelor or bachelorette where the host did not say this is the most dramatic season of <laughs> the bachelorette they're and, just sort of they're not even trying to sell well, you on it now they're just like eh, it's you know well whatever. and this it again it's okay. It's actually a compliment to her. She and to I think whatever you want to call them, the casting directors, which is always again sad or a weird way to talk about a relationship starting. Be like, oh, the man that they cast for me. Um, but he's delightful. The runner-up that everyone really liked and like probably would have been happy to see her pick as well. Joey was a tennis pro from Hawaii. He was delightful, um, and he's going to be the new bachelor. And usually, I, this is where I'd go on my like rant about how my biggest complaint about the franchise right now is I think they need a reset um, in the sense that back in the day, no one knew who the bachelor or bachelorette were when they were announced. Like there wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, that's so-and-so from so-and-so season. It wasn't a rejected person that everyone loved from a season before it was like some random doctor <laughs> They're having the they're having the MCU problem where you have yeah. to watch seven other seasons. <laughs> well, to know yeah, it's who a little connected, are. and yeah. they all know each other from like bachelor get-togethers, and like they're all hanging out together on Instagram all the time, and so like that's all. It, it just turns into I think it's added to the like influencer goal of the show for the a lot of the contestants who are there for the quote you know right wrong reasons trademarked. Um, and so it's kind of just changed the dynamics of the show. Not that it's like was super dynamic to begin with. It's an ecosystem. But, but I mean, yeah. I, hear, I, I will say this. I don't, I also, again, genre wise, <laughs> I don't watch the, the Bravo universe of shows. Yeah, I, I have them. stayed away because if I watch one, I will watch them all. But I do know the, the people that watch one of the Real Housewives shows or whatever the spinoffs are, like, they tend to watch all of them and, yeah. and, and the Kardashians, right? Same thing. Like if you're, if you're, I, there are people now that I hear talking about shows <laughs> that I, I think it's like originally started as a peripheral character in the Kardashian yes, world. This is and Vanderpump now they have their own shows and yeah. they're huge. Vanderpump rules. I was like, I don't understand what, who these people are, where this came from, how yeah. there's sec- like six re- like reunion shows. And my friends were like, Oh, we could have done it with 10. Like, you know, and it's just a lot of these shows when they like before social media was a very different, like you legit went on the show to find love or whatever, whatever your thing is. Right. Um, and now I would say that probably 
20%. I'm just making all these numbers up because why not? Because the percentages I can do what I want. Um, but like, there's a, there's a very small portion I think that actually go to try and find love. And then it's fine. Cause they're all like 24, 25, 26. Like that's fine. Like, you know, but the majority I think are like, Hey, I'm going to be able to build a brand or build, so yep. build a social media I, following. I want to be I part can... of this IP, which is really yeah. like, it's, it's the, it is. It and really, once you get in it, you can be in yes. it. You can be on Bachelor in Paradise. Now you're getting a trip to Mexico it for really the summer. Is. Maybe you are putting yeah. the paths of other I handsome mean, men. We were know. joking about the MCU thing, but it really is very similar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, there was people joked about it uh, when when you go back uh, to when they were announcing what what was going to be Max, which was HBO Max at the time. <laughs> that yeah. one of the they had all these logos of all of their franchises, all their IP, and people laughed at that there was one of the things up there said, is it, is it 90 day fiance? Universe? Oh, do not, is that do what not start with me on 90 day fiance. I could go hours, but well, I, I, my main point, my main point is it was, they <laughs> the, called yeah, it the they 90 day it the fiance universe is universe, real. but there that's like how everything is now, right? Like even shows, even reality shows. Yeah. Which at a certain point was like, let's just give this a shot for a season. Right. Yeah. Like, the, like the Joe, <laughs> uh joe, joe millionaire whatever, right it was like never intended <laughs> Let's to go lie to a bunch years. of women on television <laughs> but now everything you make including yeah. these reality shows it's not just meant to go on and on itself but also to have like spin-offs and other shows that are related to it yeah. and create this whole ecosystem that the fans of it get pulled in further and further it's 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 just kind of how everything works now yeah and like. i will say my last thing on my like my stance on especially the bachelor bachelorette. Cause those are like, I think still the premier dating reality show. Like that's kind of the biggest one. Uh, although I do love a good love Island series. So, um, but it's, it's easy to fall in love when ABC is setting you up with like helicopter rides and, tables set up on like right. cliff edges. And it's just the two of you. Like, I want to see them have to go to like, a suburban Applebee's on a Friday night at like seven. <laughs> and then the follow-up is put together a bed frame or something that you would need. To yes. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, like, you you have have to, to build go an to a, a bookshelf. You have to go to a, uh, to a, ra- a random family, like extended family event for the other person where it's like, <laughs> and you have to remember like 17 cousins names. Yeah. That's, like I want to see them put together an ikea bookshelf and like then see if they are like compatible because it's yeah. really easy to be like oh this person's serenading us and it's just the two of us in this tropical background like yeah let's see some real life stuff happen you guys have to go to like the um arlington trader joe's at 5 30 like and <laughs> like let's see how like lovey-dovey you are at that point you know like yeah. I just, yeah, that's this my, is, those are my, yeah, listen, that's my feedback. If you're listening, if you're a TV network <laughs> and you're listening, Caroline and I have some ideas we to pitch you about ideas. a dating show where two people are stuck in traffic for three hours <laughs> and they don't know they're going to be stuck when we put them in there. <laughs> We're pairing up someone that doesn't like to stop with someone that needs back. It's called bumper to bumper. 45 minutes. <laughs> We're going to call it bumper to bumper. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> uh, call us. You, you can reach yeah. out to us. DM us on, on X. If you still have the limits. Oh my can... God. So I, I, we, we skipped right past it, but later in the show, we oh, are, yeah. we do have a guest. We're going to be joined by Kyle Banduho, who is the host of big screen sports, a wonderful 
movies so and pop culture podcast that Caroline is a very frequent guest <laughs> and contributor on. So if you're a fan of us, you should definitely go check out Big Screen Sports. Um, and he's he's here for our pop culture potluck uh, selection of the week, which is going to be the 1991 film Point Break. We are so very excited, to talk, excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> uh, my wife, Francesca, watched this one with me. I will say this is absolutely not her kind of movie. So it was it was really enjoyable to watch it with her. Wait, not her kind of movie usually, but she like she liked it or it, I like don't she finished know. it and she was like, mm, still not my kind of movie. I honestly, here's what I would say. She's, she is very precious with her time. And so if we watch Smart. a movie and she's not, we're, you know, 20, 30 minutes into it and she's not into it at all. She's has no problem going, you know what? Watch it without me. I'm, I'm, I'm bailing. And she didn't oh, bail on this movie. She, okay. she, she stuck through. She, there she was rode the wave in. <laughs> Into shore. <laughs> she she trusted me and she dove out of the plane without a parachute. <laughs> oh, I have so many thoughts. I cannot wait to talk can't about wait that. to talk about it with Kyle. Yeah. Uh, let's let's touch on a couple of headlines first. So um, we're we're in the middle of August right now, mm. and there's not a ton going on at the box office. But the big news, movie wise, is that Barbie was finally knocked off of the number one spot after an incredible run at the top uh, by Blue Beetle. And it, and honestly, extremely close. A brand new DC movie barely edged out Barbie uh, for the number one spot at the box office. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody would call it a successful debut for Blue Beetle. And no. in fact, it's very possible Barbie could end up number one again next week. Yeah. But, but it's a, it's a, you know, we're, this is pretty normal for August where we were mm. not, we're sort of out of steam for the summer. And, um, but, but there's, there's a couple of things still hanging around out there that are, that are interesting people besides Barbie and Oppenheimer. I, I haven't seen Blue Beetle. I don't know if I'm going to catch it in the theaters. I feel bad saying it, but I just don't know if it looks intriguing or exciting or different enough for me. Um, well, and this, Matt, this is just another instance for me where DC is just shown like just it's just not good decision making, and they set this movie up to fail, which I think is a bummer I because so, I think yeah. it's the first um, Latino led superhero movie, and I hate like this, and I haven't seen it. I saw very little marketing, um, and the, and then it's, it's hard because it's hard to reach people where they are. Right? If I'm only watching right now X Files on Hulu. And that's not one of them. you just hypothetically. No, that's true. It's, and that's not one yeah. of the ads that pops up. Like the, they're not going to be able to reach me as easily as it would if I was watching, you know, CBS regular cable, whatever that sort of stuff. And I get that that's, that's the thing, you know, and it's a lot harder where Barbie was brilliant. We've talked about this is like, they reached people where they were, they had well, they the, went you know, Barbie X kitsch with the, with the hair curlers and stuff that would pop up in my Instagram feed. So I understand that it's not easy to do that stuff, but if, I feel like I didn't see a lot about it. Uh, it does not help that the strike is going on. Yep, so the actors sure. could not talk about it. Um, and it's one of the things that I have never heard of this character. And I'm not saying yeah. that I'm a huge DC comics person. I know very little, I know the big ones. And so where you have to, I think what Marvel had proven on their side is if you have successful runs of all of your like Iron Man's and um, Captain America's Thor's, 
Avengers, you have all of those in a row, then you try out an Ant-Man. Then you try out a Guardians right. of the Galaxy because that's when you've built the the trust and the rapport with the fan base that I remember I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy because so I was like, all right, cool. Like I've liked the other stuff that they've done and that's how you get people in. And then yep. you can also get the fans that are just the like blue beetle fans, I guess. Um, and so it, that's where, you know, they're coming off of James Gunn taking over the flash doing horribly and the, you know, um, black controversy Adam was, a, was a big, yeah. The controversy bomb. around Ezra Miller, you've got black Adam that didn't do great. You've got a lot of questions around the handling of Henry Cavill's time ending as Superman. So you're not, you don't know who Superman's going to be. You're hearing all these stories about how they're reworking Wonder Woman. You're hearing all these stories about who not Batman's going to mention be. The fact that they have a Batman franchise going on right now, and they are openly not, advertising. Yeah. They're like, this isn't connected to anything. Anything. Else we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And so the whole thing is just so disconnected. And so why? You have it's just so much you can't even ride the wave of like people are excited to be back in the theaters after Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like it's just no appeal to it. And I just feel terribly because I'm sure like the be a few reviews I've seen have said that it's not terrible. It's not great, yeah, but it, it was like awful. Like it just right. kind of mixed reviews. But like I think it made like three point five million the first night or something, the Friday screening or the Thursday screening. Right. Definitely it, didn't have a ton of enthusiasm around no. it. Just kind of performed Thumbs mediocre. Down. But I, I, you know, I think I, you're you're definitely right. There's just the the brand itself, DC does just doesn't mean anything to to most people, and it's not enough to bring people into the theater. And that's as we've said before on here. That's the task that James Gunn has yeah. in front of him is he's got to change that. Um, well, when you have the last thing that like the last thing that I saw DC saw being on Twitter X whatever is that weird like flash slow motion scene with like a Nicolas Cage Superman. Like that's the last thing yeah. I remember of a DC thing. Like that does not make me. No, there's clips from the flash that the, the clips <laughs> that got posted online of the flash are the worst like, parts saving of the, the babies, <laughs> the babies, the baby scene. If you haven't seen it. Okay. There's a, okay, there's that is a like scene, worth finding it online. <laughs> there is a scene that got posted online from the flash where uh, a bunch of babies fly out the, a hospital window and the the flash is running around trying to pick up all of the babies before they hit the ground and die, which is a very weird thing to do. One of the ways he saves one of the babies, by the way, oh, is gosh. to put the baby in a microwave, which is just within the, yeah. again, like in context, it, yeah. it's probably fine. But like, if but not, that's the only thing you see, that's a bad image to show. Yeah. Ezra Miller, a a person that there's already a lot of controversy around putting a baby yeah, in a microwave. Not ideal. It's bad. You don't it's want bad. that image out there. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Um, mm. There is there. You know, look. There's there's some interesting fall releases coming up. Despite the strike, I'm I'm that that I'm excited about you. I don't know if you're. Are you allowed to talk about Equalizer three yet? You did see um, that. I did see it. And do you I have a, say- do you have a what, I will give it just a top thing? level. I won't give anything away. I, won't, I don't think I'm like saying anything that's uh um because it comes out the first September first. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I had not seen the first two, not because, <laughs> it, <laughs> not because it was anything. And you know me, I've talked about this extensively. It just was kind of a quick turn. So I had to go see it this, yeah. at this time, and so I didn't have time to squeeze the first two in. Plus, I I think I'd have to like get the stars 
package again. So they're not and, easily accessible. No, yeah. like it's easily accessible, but I'd have to pay the like nine ninety nine for a month of stars, and if then I'm on, always if it's on stars, it is not easily accessible. Well, it's not, but I you can do it through fair. Amazon. You can do it through Amazon Prime, and it like add, it like very, you don't even have to enter anything because it's like oh you want to add it okay cool we'll put it on your Amazon thing gotcha yeah. um, but I uh, I enjoyed it. I will say that I Denzel okay. Washington is even, one, and, even without having seen the first two. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. I think that it, I understood enough. I did enough background research to get a mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um, it is really cool to see Denzel and Dakota Fanning back together again, which was neat. Cause uh, man on fire was obviously them. And she was just a sweet baby. She was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their scenes together were just so great. Cause it, there was just, it's just really cool to see them working. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. cheesy, but like, it's just no, really cool to see Dakota Fanning's together. done some like interesting stuff as an adult. Yeah, um, I mean, I I am excited to see where her career goes. I was yeah. just I was just watching uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the other day, actually, which is not I, I have it's not my favorite movie ever. Still There's haven't some, seen it. <laughs> some weird stuff in it, but Dakota Fanning uh, surprisingly has a very strange interesting. and interesting role she's... in that movie. She is she is a she's doing some very weird fun stuff in that movie the uh the director antoine fuqua he's had yep. some cool stuff under his belt by the way he started in music videos yes and he's his first real big movie was training day with denzel that's right and he's done all three expendables he did tears of the sun with bruce willis he did uh the magnificent seven um remake which i enjoyed right. uh also fun, denzel fun so he's done a lot of denzel so they work great has, together yes Fun, um, my, my my fun fact about Antoine Fuqua is that t- uh, Tears of the Sun, first movie I ever reviewed for the college student paper at the University of Alabama. That was oh my, my debut as a film critic. Did you like it? I, I think. Or did I you think try I to be edgy, it. like a debut guy? Like, oh, here's I, me no, making I, it, and like, you know, <laughs> here's what he could have done better. Like I did not come out swinging as a film critic for sure. I I think my opinion was that it was fine. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I definitely remember it just being sort of a, a pretty straightforward, like well done action movie, which is basically yeah. what Antoine Fuqua does. He is yeah. like a, in baseball terms, he's a replacement level action director. Like he's great. His everything, blocking, it's all going to be fine. His uh, scene yeah. setups are gorgeous. Like the way that, and that actually, I think ties in a lot with the, with the music video past. Like you have to have the blocking just right with like what you're, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously that ties in with like making movies too. I get it. But like he does really well. at centering someone like knowing, drawing your eye to one specific person. And I, tr- but yeah, we've got, what else we got coming up? We got a uh, saw patrol weekend. Uh, it's coming out <laughs> in September. <laughs> Saw 10 and Paw Patrol. Amazing. Uh, I don't think I've seen past Saw 2. Uh, I still hold a grudge against my sister for me. If I saw past Saw, saw 2, uh, no pun intended, I, I don't <laughs> remember. I, I definitely, I mean, this that, that, that to me is, it's funny to me that they're trying to revive that as a franchise because I feel like we've really, as a culture, moved away yeah. from the torture porn genre yeah. of horror movies. We're really much more in like the a24 yeah uh, all the horror stuff coming out is either very very intellectual and like yeah. doing some smart social commentary or it's the the sort of like james wan uh you know when I, i'm thinking of like the conjuring movies and the insidious oh, movies which well, the, none the new insidious two. movie did really well and none two is also coming out this month yes and all of those are and you'll be, be no from your you'll girl. be none too pleased to see that movie <laughs> i will hey. be seeing, i will be seeing none two of that so 
Uh, I get so terrified at scary movies. Really? Uh, so you're I'm... so well. I, look, we, we should, probably should discuss this off the air. But I was thinking, I was thinking about we should we should in do Oct- some horror stuff in October. But not I mean, not I'll if you're going to be too terrified. No, I'll do it because I'm a, I'm a team player. But um, <laughs> yeah, like every time I used to have a roommate in flight school, um, my BFF Lisa, she loved horror movies but only like sometimes well so she would talk me into going to see them with her mm-hmm. and then you really gotta go with a friend that's the oh, whole point 100%. of the genre I think. yeah, yeah i finally communal. watched midsummer like five months ago in the middle of the day on like a sunday yeah all the lights on i was like if i'm gonna do this because there's also my wife calls that daytime courage that's when she yeah. watches oh 100 yeah. absolutely yeah um the other one I'm excited about, just from trailers, the creator. Looks really interesting. Looks I, interesting. I I'm not I mean, it's uh so so the creator is from Gareth Edwards, who is the guy who directed Rogue One. Um, he also directed the uh the reboot of Godzilla, which is currently it's part of the franchise that is now Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, but he did the first one that had Brian Cranston in it and uh, yeah. and Elizabeth Olsen, I think was also in it. Oh. Um, but I'm, I, he's a guy who I, I, I don't know that he's knocked one out of the park yet because for various reasons, yeah. Rogue one is not entirely his doing, but he is a guy who I, I think this, the stuff he makes is very interesting looking and it, yes. and it's, it, it looks, he, he's very good at taking sort of a, sci-fi concept and making it look extremely realistic and grounded. Um, and, and that's what the creator looks to be. It's a sci-fi movie that has this look to it. Like you're watching more like something like apocalypse now or something yeah. from the seventies, you know, I'm excited. It's either um, going to be incredible or like really bad. I think like it's one of those, like there's like, it no, could for sure be bad. Yes. Like there's no, or it's something that you go in thinking like, Oh, I'm so excited for this. And it never hits that mm-hmm. mark where you're just kind of like, <laughs> um, but I have high hopes, which is probably my fault. So, but I've seen oh, the trailer. I, I'm definitely interested. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. Expendables four is coming out. I don't know that I remember they made a three, but I do appreciate that they are going the um, fast and the furious route of throwing numbers in the words somewhere. So yes, that's, it's, I, I'm it's all for that. Expend four bulls. Um, so the <laughs> a is now a four. So I do appreciate that. They've built a, um, they've built an impressive little cast for that franchise. It's, yeah. it's I would say, it's not for me, but I, but I like, it is genuinely, there's a lot of big names in there that are fun. Look, to I'll watch, watch it. I mean, I'll watch it like on demand later, but I'll watch it. 100%. Yeah. That's a good, like, like uh, <laughs> in the cable days, we would have said that's a good, like TNT movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then we'll see what they decide to do because we're actually not far off from um, the next Marvel slash Sony <laughs> outing Craven, the hunter. Um, boy, uh, buddy, we, 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 we will, uh, you know, I know that you and Kyle buddy on on this week's episode of big screen sports talk about a movie that includes a lot of throat ripping and there for sure. That is a, that, that is something that seems to be promised in this Craven trailer. Yeah, we are doing this is Kyle and I will be talking about two Swayze movies, uh, within seven days, which is my dream, honestly. 
Um, so yeah, we'll see what they do with like the big next big ones are Craven, Dune Two, and the Marvels. October, October, November. So there is some big like studio franchise stuff coming out in the fall, and I'm really curious if it comes out. I wonder if they're going to yes. push. So yeah, entirely possible. But I, yeah. I, if they don't, I'm curious to see how those movies do because again, really the theme of this year has been uh, audiences saying we want you to show us something different um, and, and maybe maybe even weird but we don't yeah. want to see the same thing over and over again. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how those three will do there. There is reason to believe all three of them could have reasons that people would be interested to see it, but they're also all part of big long running franchises that people might be getting tired of. I think Dune, I think Dune, I'll say it here. I'll say it here. I'll say it now. Dune two clears a million easy. A million or a billion, a million easy. <laughs> A million. Yes, a million. Sorry. It will make $1 million. $1 billion is what it will make. It will make at least $100,000, you guys. Uh, Caroline, sorry, Caroline placing the lowest bet. <laughs> the, 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 you heard it here first. It will make a million dollars, guys. Betting, $1 million. She's betting on She's betting on Alabama to score one point against Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> People are saying it's not going to happen. I'm here to tell you. It will. No, I think it'll clear a billion. Because yeah. you look at the list of like movies that have hit a billion, and there's some on there where you're like, "Wow, that movie was not very good." But you get why. And I don't think that Dune Two is not going to be very good. It depends on if you liked Dune One. I think um, I did. I loved it. I liked it. But- I like Dune. You and we're going to get Dune, and we're going to get more Zendaya than we got in yes, the first one. And we're going to get got none in the first one. Right. And we're going to get Florence Pugh, and we're going to get Austin. Austin, Butler. but we're getting Elvis is going to be in Dune, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep the accent. Is all I'm saying. All right. Well, I think I think we will wrap up our our headline discussion there, and we will uh, get to our pop culture potluck just after this break. We are so excited to be joined by my good friend Kyle Banduho, big screen sports. Uh, we have been so lucky to be on your show. We wanted to make sure we return the favor and have you on ours. Kyle, how are you? Welcome to the welcome to the water cooler. At some point, you just need to start calling the show our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just endorsed it as a as a as a sort of alternate feed of this show earlier before you were on, Kyle. I'm I'm thrilled to be on a feed that I don't have to edit myself. This is a real treat for me to just yeah. hang up and never have to touch it again. But I'm I'm very excited. Shout out producer Chandler. He That's is right. a saint. <laughs> um, but we asked you, well, and you got a little I'm going to call you out a little bit here. You got a little nervous when I was like, you were like, yeah, let's do it. And then I was like, what do you want to bring to potluck? Uh, And you panicked a little bit. Yeah. And honestly, you were not alone in that. I think almost everyone has panicked unless we told them, Hey, you're going to talk about mission impossible. Um, How did you land on 1991 classic point break? So it's one, it's timely. Of course, this, this 30 plus year old movie. I thought you were saying timeless. (laughs) This is also timeless. Well, so you and I, Caroline recently had a a long discussion about Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. (laughs) As one does. (laughs) As one does. Um, And, and, and I think it was a conversation between the three of us. I think it initially got brought up that you hadn't seen Point Break. That's right. It came up in our episode of your show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is a movie that like I knew for a fact Caroline would love. <laughs> yes. And this is so because a lot of my life consists of Caroline. Have you seen this? Well, no. You, then you should watch this. <laughs> if um, yes, then I come on the pod and movies. talk about it. <laughs> it. Exactly. So um, so this is just kind of a way to kind of force you to watch something that I needed you to watch. And I knew 
the reactions. Like, honestly, I should just read all your text reactions <laughs> throughout throughout <laughs> the movie because they were the plentiful. Yes, yeah, multiple. And then this is what Kyle understands of being my friend for this long now is you just let me go at a certain point. Like, there's no need to respond to them. Right. Like, you're you're doing stream of consciousness. And, yeah. And- just just let it ride. You'll get 17 when you come back from your meeting, and just like it is what it is. And I have thoughts, and I will let you know what they are. All um, caps. OMG, that. is that Tom Sizemore? All caps. <laughs> oh no, his ACL. All caps. Oh my God, he threw a pit bull. <laughs> oh yeah, man, the dog, the dog getting dog. Yeah, this is heroically is bad police work. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not great at all. You know, it's it's funny because there we, we talk a lot about that. There are there's like sort of a genre of movie where part of the fun is like, let's watch these guys be really good at something. And actually, even though that's a tiny part of this movie, this movie is almost a big part of the appeal is let's watch these guys be really bad at their jobs. Like there is not a single law enforcement officer in this movie that would remain employed even halfway through the movie. They're all gone. They're all fired. They're so bad. Another question I had. So Kyle, when you first saw this, did you take the bait of the first of the bad guy crew? You know what I mean? Like I was just, I'm curious. Cause I think because I've, it's been so long since I, since it came out to when I saw it, I was like, clearly the ones he befriends are the bike robbers. Like, duh, like we got yeah. this. We know yeah. that he's actually looking for Patrick Swayze because we're all looking for Patrick Swayze in some way. Yeah. Um, so I saw this as a teenager, but I also oh no. saw it after <laughs> I saw the fast and the furious. So like, I've seen this before. <laughs> Um, say because it's really For the sure, same, the it, same kind of thing. It is the same. same it is the same structure. Yes, same thing. So, <laughs> I you you know it's going to be Patrick Swayze, but it's it's really interesting because coming up to that point, I guess to what it came out in ninety one. Mm-hmm. So we've only seen Patrick Swayze as this great, very in command of everything guy. He's Dairy and the Outsiders. He's in Dirty Dancing. He's obviously in Roadhouse where he's very good at his job and he is our clear, this is the good guy. We have such a history with loving this person. And then he's, you know, he's Bodie and we still love him because that's, that's part of it. That's he didn't want to be Fast a murderer. And the Furious, we love Dominique Toretto. Like that's just, well, that's just the name of the game. Here's, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say, Kyle. I, Cause I was, I, I think you're making a really great point here. I think that this movie only works if the actor playing Bodie is incredibly charismatic and likable, and I, there are obviously are some people who like Vin Diesel. I think he's good at certain things, but like to me, the reason this movie is so much more successful than especially the first Fast and the Furious movie is that because Paul Walker and Keanu Reeves, very, very good comparison, like pretty, yes. pretty much like a avatar from a video game. Like there's not a lot <laughs> going on there. You know, they've got, a, they've got one lane. They've Keanu got one says, lane they, they ride in it perfectly. Keanu yeah. says, bruh. And Paul Walker says, cuh. That's forget about it. Cuh. Forget about it. Cuh. <laughs> but yeah, the, so good. the only, the, you know, but the, to me, like the huge difference between the two is, is that criminal that you're supposed to have, you're supposed to sympathize with a little bit and understand why the hero could kind of fall in love with him a little bit. <laughs> And it yeah. definitely works with Swayze. He's 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 smiling like he's having fun. He's mm-hmm. got this like uh, 
you know, lust for life that is literally changes Keanu's character to just be around him. Um, and you get the sense too, after, at the end of the movie that he has permanently changed Keanu. Like he will never be the same guy after this. Yeah. I mean, he's the person in this movie you want to spend time with. You would love mm -hmm. to go serving with him or hang out at his house. And he's, he's also, even with his little other band of, of bank robbers, he is the guy that they just idolize. And there's, very people like this don't really exist in life. If they do, a lot of the times they run cults. They're not usually having yep. <laughs> I, I we've we need to address this now, this Caroline. I've told you that I think this is the most handsome Patrick Swayze is. We're talking like the beach, the beach hair, the scruff. It's pretty good. It's because it, yeah. he also does a lot of sleeveless work in this movie. Mm -hmm. Big fan of that. Yeah, but we had a whole not, conversation. He doesn't look like, and this is somewhat like a time period thing, right? But like this is kind of like what the hunks of 1991 looked like in movies. Whereas, again, to compare it to Fast and the Furious, this guy today would probably look like a bodybuilder. He would look like a yeah. WWE wrestler where there's completely unrealistic muscles popping out all over his body. <laughs> but the Patrick Swayze in this looks like he's... an actual person. Like he he, he looks. Yeah. He looks like he's strong, like he works out, but he doesn't he doesn't look like John Cena. Yes. The stubble was unexpected. It's nice. It's a nice touch. I, I, I thought you would like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs> the tousled hair, you know, like he just he's constantly looks like he's just come from the beach. Um, he was delightful. And I, and this is like peak handsome Keanu for me too. Like I even actually like the the speed look for him more, um, with the shaved head. But it's just so funny to me, like also, what this movie had that I didn't know was Gary Busey. Hell Gary, yeah. That's... Before he went insane, which is actually a arguable. Good, <laughs> I, think, I actually think one of the texts I sent you, Kyle, was, am I to believe that he's a good guy? Like, are you telling me he's not one of the bad guys? And honestly, halfway through when he or wherever, when he wanted to get the sub sandwiches, I thought for a second, I was like, oh my God, it's a ploy because he's working with them. Like I legit for a second was like, he is bad. Oh no, he's just an idiot. Okay, it's just he's more just bad police work. Okay, got it. We don't talk enough as a society about how good meatball subs are. They've got to be done right. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Gary Busey. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Someone, so on Twitter, when Caroline said she was watching the movie, someone shared the Utah Gimme 2 gif. And that just got me thinking like, man, meatball subs, when done right, are an excellent, excellent you're meal. preaching to the damn choir. Yeah. Kyle's like, when you get them at Subway, <laughs> listen, <laughs> just kidding. Listen, relax. Uh, meatball, no, Busey's good. Yeah. Busey's good. He's, he's such a, I, it, it's, it's hard to talk about because I, I think most people our age and we're all people in our thirties know him from largely from like the later years where he had a reality show that was about how crazy he was. Yeah. But in the eighties, he was a very unique character actor that part of the whole thing for him is he's, he's, he's a weirdo. Like, no, nope. why he's would you deliver any line that way? You know? And, he's and like, like, he's our Barry Pepper. Like that's a pretty good, that's a pretty yeah. good. I mean, like, I, Cause I think like any movie that you had a Barry Pepper in, in the nineties or like early two thousands, like that would have been a Gary Busey role in the eighties, early nineties. He has a little Walton Goggins in him too. Yes. Like uh, just, just that like, like nobody else could have played this guy and that you would have the same feeling about him. He's, he's a weirdo. And you know, like that, that scene at the beginning of the movie where he meets Keanu <laughs> by the pool and 
he he You're like collecting bricks off the bottom of the pool yeah it's such a weird scene but but the way he like sort of cackles and then jumps sideways into the pool <laughs> you know like right from the outset you're like nobody else could do this but gary Busey. like you have to have somebody who's just sort of unpredictably weird to to be this guy when it plays off keanu so well too because again we've talked about yeah. he's more like he's more Jump reserved and he's got he's got this one lane and it's really the keanu thing is really funny because it's we talked about right before we start it's kind of the same performance as speed but it's really fun that he's just in in this movie and in speed he is literally on a bus that is speeding out of control and he's trying to hang on contrasted with patrick swayze who is seems always in control mm -hmm. throughout every movie we've seen him in and really in this one until just about the end yeah yeah for sure it's uh there, there's a there's a couple other people that pop up in this movie that I think are worth talking about because because of their their like 1991-ness. And one of one of them for sure we got to talk about is Lori Petty, who is the love interest in this movie. Who is and she? So so what's what's fascinating, right? Like I was just old enough in the early 90s to be watching these kinds of movies. And Lori Petty had there was a moment where Lori Petty was in a bunch of movies. And again, like it, it's it, it, she's she's like in like Gary Busey in a way like she gives <laughs> you something extremely unique that no other actress is going to give you that she has this kind of like tomboy vibe to her that I don't think you see actresses being put in these kinds of roles today who who have that vibe right like she's she there's there's more to her than just being like hey she's a pretty she's a pretty girl and we're making her the love interest and she's in trouble. Like she's got this toughness to her and all of the movies she was in, she pretty much always plays that kind of, uh, you know, girl that, that can stick up for herself that has some toughness to her. Yeah. Oh, she's got it. This character her. has to have some edge, especially to run with this crowd. But also for me, Lori Petty is, she is, uh, her character in a league of their own is, forever the the brattiest character on the planet but it's she's you're i think you're spot on with the gary Busey thing is that she's like a very specific type of person very specific type of actor and i think the only things i've seen her in in the i think the last time i saw her was in orange is the new black where she plays a very yes. strange inmate and that's certainly more her vibe now in present day right i mean i think i think if you when, when i think about Lori Petty, the first things that come to mind besides League of Their Own uh, is she was in a couple of movies. She was in a Pauly Shore movie called In the Army Now, where she's oh. a person. She's she's a military woman with a shaved head. And then that's with Andy Dick as well, right? Yes. Very, <laughs> very, very stupid collection, of, collection and, of folks. And she was in a movie called Tank Girl, which is, again, like <laughs> similar. She had a thing, right? She was like kind of a kind of a Mad Max type. I no longer figure. wonder why I didn't recognize her. <laughs> yeah, because you're not used to seeing her with hair, probably. Well, no, and I have not seen any of the things you've listed. I saw Free Willy, but so She's in, She is also in Free Willy, yes. She is She is the no-nonsense trainer in Free Willy, yes. <laughs> Lori Petty, Polly Shore, Andy Dick, nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> just, <laughs> just nightmare situation oh man so um 
there was something else I was going to ask you guys about this movie. Um, Can I get your reaction to Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> he yeah. got his toe blown off. I'm telling you, that was some of the again. There was a lot. Of, there were there were a lot of inconsistencies with some of the stuff, like in the sense that. Like, I thought that the woman that answered the door was toast. Like, I thought that she had been shot when, like, the raid started and Gary Busey's pushing in and, like, he used her as cover. And then she's later, like... I think all the women survived the shootout, right? Yeah, without a scratch, which is great. Love that. Love that for them. Including the nude woman who beat absolute crap out of him. He got his stuff worked by the woman who just got surprised in the shower uh at this this i guess i there was meth right meth den that tom sizemore was trying to bust up there's no, more no. i think it was a meth bungalow <laughs> <laughs> they also have they also have more munitions than so like funny. an entire military base in there those- and yet somehow drive around loudly and calling attention to themselves at all mm. moments in their jeep like just causing all sorts of mayhem um, so yeah, let's quickly Kiedis comment on Tom Sizemore trying to rid the streets of meth. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good thing to throw in there that like these cops who are very clearly like doing their own thing and not talking to anybody. Nobody talks to anybody. And then they do something like this. And that's actually one of the most realistic things in the movie is that well, there would be another guy there going like, what the hell are y'all doing? Like Wait, why, why? you just you just pulled this whole huge insane plan. Like nobody else is aware of any of this going on. How do you not prevent the guy from starting to mow his lawn, or like <laughs> wave him away? Yeah, or wave were him not, away. We're not thought about well. Or you know Gary Busey's solution, rather than running over and help it, like pulling him off, is to shoot the engine of the, the lawnmower. <laughs> And I was like, that's a choice. I absolutely loved. This was such a perfect moment where he's chasing this still Ronald Reagan masked uh, Patrick so Swayze. Awesome. And so so that awesome. entire chase scene is fantastic. But he chases, he Swayze runs into a like dining room, closes the sliding glass door and is like, that'll hold him, you know? And like, <laughs> let me close that. And he doesn't even stop. Like complete is again, it's perfect because it's perfect. Keanu runs right through it like just an idiot just like i'm going through and then the woman's yelling at him and like i think that's the front porch where literally swayze's waiting for him with a pitbull in hand he goes yeah like Tough throws movie. a dog at him Tough movie for the dog yeah and then he's like <laughs> gets taken out by his old like sports injury because he can't hop over the wall into the what is it the la river maybe i don't know that's i don't right. know my the, california the, well but. that whole i mean there's a few things for for, for anybody who is a already a fan of point break uh i would heavily suggest watching the movie hot fuzz which is in (laughs) in many ways a straight up parody of point break but there are a lot of like direct uh, influences from that movie and, and references to it and really a lot of things in point break were have become like tropes in movies that we see a lot. And they, they were sort of originated in point break. And I would say, I would say the chase sequence you're talking about. Yeah. There are many movies since then where we see the sort of like people running through other people's backyards being a thing. I would also say the idea of guys doing the bank robbery with rubber masks on 
is not, it is largely credited as being a thing that was first shown in Point Break. And, that's and a mission we see that in, in so many Auto, It's a mission in Grand Theft Auto V, too. That you put on a president's you mask. On, you, go get, you, go, you get to pick out your masks. Um, Kyle, in a big screen sports vein, um, I don't think that he actually died at the end. Uh, was there ever a sequel? <laughs> so <laughs> not there a was remake, a really there was bad, a remake. There was not a good remake. Uh, there, there, there was like a bad remake that, yeah. that was made. Um, it, it is funny that they're just like Keanu walks off. He's like, he's not coming back. He tosses the badge, whatever. So do we think that all the cops are just, they're just going to sit there and wait on the beach and let's just like, okay, let's see if this, let's see if this body washes up. Cause you see the cliffs and you, you gotta think, yeah, Bodie wants to surf this wave and he's been waiting for it forever, but he's probably paddling out there and he's thinking like, okay, how am I going to get out of this? Like to hell with the wave. Like, okay, how, yeah. where, where can I hide out? Can I get to one of these rocks? Oh. Hold on for dear life. See, I, I took it. I took it differently. I, I take it as that when they are sort of sharing that look, when they lock eyes and, and they're having that silent moment that, that Keanu is interpreting it as, he wants to go out there and die. Like this is him asking. Yeah, I think I want to. I want to die accurate, on my like, own terms. And that I this mean, was a sure. sort of like beautiful. This was like sort of some poetic suicide. Some beautiful basically. friendship moment. How much they? I wanted them. I thought for a second I was like, "Tell me they're going to both serve it while handcuffed together." That is for sure. That is for sure. There, there's got to have been a conversation that happened at some like, point. Come on, make but it work. Maybe, maybe when when. Uh, the, the the when James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow were like sitting on their porch trying to work out this this screenplay together, there has to have been one moment where they said they got they got to surf that wave. They can together. both go out there. I'm sorry, they wrote the screenplay. So he's he is not credited, but James Cameron, who was married to Catherine Bigelow at the time this movie was made, they developed the story together. What? He could they, he could have literally written in the Titanic moment of them both standing on the surfboard together crazy <laughs> behind, you know, behind Johnny Utah been. and he has to let him go yeah yeah that would have been beautiful let um, me go I'm, Johnny yeah. it's just... I I do think it's a better ending than it's definitely a better ending than if Bodie would have died in a shootout or something absolutely like I think oh, I think yeah. it's a I think it's a perfect ending and I also have a lot of questions about the mechanics of cuffing someone in a fight underwater but. Yeah you know, I can, I can get over that. That's like 15th in the line of things in this movie that I'm not sure quite make the most sense, but um, it's, no, this, I it love all, it. Still. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's 10 <laughs> out of 10. No notes. Not a single question. A ton of people also get like, this is one of those movies also where uh, getting shot is not like, it, it only means whatever the, the filmmakers want it to me. Like yeah. you're definitely not going to die just from getting shot. Like, you ha it has to be clear that that they go slow motion, you get shot, and there's a huge explosion out of your midsection, and they're like, okay, now, now, you're now they're telling us he's going to die. Look, you definitely don't want to get shot around Johnny Utah, though, because he's going to be the real Buzz Killington of how bad this is going to be for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, just sitting in the plane, just telling you, like, oh, yeah, you're going cold because you're losing blood man. or whatever. You're going to be dead before you hit the ground. Like, come on, man. He's brutal <laughs> with that guy. The, I, I do I do like the... the so I, that's the, the one other thing I definitely want to hit on really quickly is the skydiving scenes. Oh, there's two, there's two of them, but the the first so one random, to me, but great. Yeah, the the like, I feel like when we see skydiving in movies now, it's 
a pretext to there's they're going to be doing something while they're skydiving. There's going to be something else crazy going on. And it's actually not even really played in the, in the case of the first scene, it's almost not even an action sequence. It's more like Mm -hmm. this, like chill, like moment of clarity for Keanu where it's like, he's, he's like, he's discovering some, some truth about life. Right. It's, it's, it's almost more like uh, a scene where if you were, if you were, talking about the feelings it's meant to give you. It's almost like if it was a, a romance movie and this is the moment that he finally falls in love with the love interest. I mean, that's, that's the, the story behind the story of this movie is that it's not really about Keanu and Lori Petty. This is a romance between Keanu and, and Patrick Swayze. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, it also just like another movie that's about the two main guys has a beautiful beach sports scene. <laughs> It does, yeah. It does. <laughs> Where I mean, they were like, "Oh, I see you, Top Gun, in your denim. We're going to put leather on some of these guys and play <laughs> beach football because we just found out because Johnny Utah at one point catches the football and throws it back to them. They're like, we should play football. And then I don't think they act like the first time any. Well, that's what's so funny to me. Imagine the situation and you're like in this random beach football game with your surf bros and some dude is like tackles your bro too hard into the surf and it's like completely too much and they're like bro what's your deal bro and he's like it's okay it's johnny utah and you're like and it's the former ohio state quarterback and you're all like i'm sorry mr utah i didn't know it was you like- <laughs> guys this is craig krenzel he won, he won a national championship <laughs> Like I'm so sorry, sir. Like, oh my bad, dude. I just died laughing. That was just it, like such. It's a definitely thing. we definitely have to make sure this this doesn't work today because we have to go pre Urban Meyer to to make it a an Ohio State quarterback that basically is a is a relatively normal human and not a super athlete. Well, and also like that that's the whole thing is if you're picking an agent to go undercover, you need it to not be he's definitely the most famous person on the, on the force. Like if Bodie was watching big 10 football at some point (laughs) enough to recognize him, like pick anybody else, pick somebody like you can't go undercover and be, Hey, isn't that, isn't that like Johnny? (laughs) Well, you got, you got one shot. If you're, if you're you're a famous person, you have one (laughs) shot to go undercover and you're, you can't reset after that because now everybody's going to know. They're like, was that Tim Tebow shooting at us? <laughs> <laughs> just like, you can't. I just, it is very funny too that you, like, why would they not pick like the USC quarterback? Just make him like a, you know, they should have made him an Iowa quarterback. Well, That's no, like, believably... why on earth? Like, I don't really necessarily believe that people that spend time like hanging out on the beach, chilling, surfing in Southern California are watching a ton of Ohio State football. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just well, don't. <laughs> what we do know about USD fans, though, is that they're huge Big Ten people. So <laughs> This was foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing, yes. <laughs> it's an incredible movie. 10 out of 10, no notes. Thank you for making me watch that. I love it. I knew, I knew you would love this movie. <laughs> no. You guys, this has been multi... This is what I'm going to just make people come on this podcast as guests and pick movies I haven't seen that they think I'll like. And so far, we're two for two. Edge of tomorrow. Uh, I'll come on <laughs> every week because I have a laundry list for you. And usually, I just have to bully you via text. <laughs> well, the the no. one thing... The one thing... Movie? I want to ask Caroline, do you think anyone in this movie had a good time? Ooh. Oh gosh. Great question. 
Um, like Bodhi no. and all his friends. A lot. Some people have a good time early in the movie, but everyone ends up either arrested, dead, kidnapped, or Johnny Utah having kind of a, a personal crisis. Because it sounds like he chased Bodhi all across the Literally world. Literally, I didn't, the world. I didn't realize yeah. the FBI had it like that, funding wise. <laughs> pretty, sure pretty sure they don't. Sure they don't. I would love to hear the like the take of the Australian authorities when they like get approached by this like probably frantic former OSU quarterback, Johnny Utah, which is a very unserious name. And I love it, I love um, it. to be like, there's a guy that's going to be serving the biggest wave that's ever existed. And they're like, bro, are you okay? At least one of those Australian cops had a good time because they, they got to go to a beach, <laughs> but it was and watch and watch a guy surf the biggest wave of that's all true. time. That and I mean, as long as they're not like too upset about the fact that he's dead, they're, they're like, that was honestly, that was pretty was, cool. It was kind of cool. That was um, no paperwork. Yeah, I would think. No, <laughs> just like, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just, just. Is it William C. McGinley? Is that the right guy? Oh my god, I can't believe From we Scrubs. didn't talk about how From good Scrubs. he is. Um, Such a good did he? Chief. He got hit once, but if you get hit by Gary Busey, I feel like that's more like you got hit by Gary Busey. That's kind of cool. Um, he might have had a good time because he got to boss people around and bully people the whole time, and I feel like that was his vibe in this movie. So he's probably the closest. But they got like. They, his also though his unit made like a billion mistakes so maybe he's not having that great of a time but yeah no this I, is I not feel like no no cops had a good time because yeah not a super great especially time. especially the cop in the bank robbery who decides Yikes. to he follow he breaks my number one rule is never die for anybody else's money and he's just like sure That's i'll right. cap for this bank it's yeah. it's federally insured money man why would anybody try to be a hero about but, this Bodie didn't want to be a murderer it wasn't <laughs> no. you know all the best times. bank robbers explain that off the top. It's in the yeah. town. It's in any, it's like, Hey, this is in your money. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, make, do, don't anything do anything dumb. dumb. Like again, <laughs> the bank is not going to give you a reward. If we're you all stop going, the bank we're robber. all going home safe and happy tonight. They're Folks. still going to deny you that loan you're in here for like, <laughs> don't die for that. Folks. If you are enjoying this content, please let it be known that we are doing heist month next month over a big screen sports. <laughs> Nice. Yes, we are. So Kyle and I will be talking about thank, all sorts of heists. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on here and, and establishing that For the Water Cooler is pro bank robbery, <laughs> pro crime. All crime. Listen, <laughs> listen uh, Kyle. I, I, we, one thing that we always do uh, here on For the Water Cooler is we we like to wrap up with a game show segment. Um, and today, you know, we've been talking about it a little bit already, but the the really the the big emotional takeaway from this movie is that it's so easy to fall in love with Patrick Swayze. It's something that, that many people have done before and after Keanu. And so today's trivia segment is going to explore some of the many times that we have all fallen in love with Patrick Swayze. So Chandler, can you uh, hit the jingle for me? Well, this guy called Pat. He makes my heart content. He sings. He serves. He's dressed up like a dead president, but I like him. Sways a little thing called love. All right, that's uh, that's our that's our intro to Swayze little thing called love. That's the Beautiful. that's what we're calling this game show segment. All right, so. I'm going to be asking the two of you trivia questions about people who love Patrick Swayze um, and have loved Patrick Swayze. So 
let's start off with you, Kyle. You'll go first. I've got three three questions for each of you. Uh, I should warn you off the top. Carolina has an extremely strong record in these game show segments. So I, I mean, I'm a regular listener, so I, I know this. Okay, I, I know this. This All is right, going to be so. extra hurtful when I lose this one. <laughs> All right. So Swayze's love interest in Dirty Dancing, Jennifer Grey, appeared in another film with Patrick Swayze. Name that film. Oh no. Oh man, I feel like I only know like two Jennifer Grey movies. Patrick Swayze isn't a Ferris Bueller, is he? Um, <laughs> man, I really need to phone a friend because I think I think my uh -huh. wife is eating lunch in the kitchen. And I, <laughs> you know this. I'll tell you what, if you ask your wife, we will give you we will. This is a rare case where I will allow phone a wife. Ask a wife. I'm going to mute myself real quick. OK, let's do it. This is a, I don't this have a, a wife to call. This is crap. I get to make up rules on the spot because I am the moderator of this game show. So I'm allowing ask a wife as a lifeline. Kyle, okay. Never, Kyle. never mind. I'm conceding. Oh, he didn't get it. Oh no. He didn't get it. All right. The answer is red Dawn, which is a terrible movie. Oh. Do, not, do not bother with red Dawn. Oh, Miserable. I didn't know that. So okay, that that is a Jennifer Grey movie. I know that she that is, hurts. Yes. Uh, a that lot hurts. of a lot of really famous people in that movie, but it is absolutely not a good time. Do not is that one with the Hemsworth? Is there that's no. the remake? Well, they did re that's, remake that's the it, remake. Yes. So this is this is Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. I think are brothers. That's right. And C. Thomas Howell. So, Part so of basically, gang. Caroline, the, the the United States is invaded by the Soviet Union, and it sounds fun, and Cuba. but actually, it fun. It's actually really horrible and scary, and uh, was was meant to terrify teenagers about communism. <laughs> um, all right, so Caroline, you're up okay. to take an early lead here on the soundtrack for Dirty Dancing. Yes. Swayze co-wrote and recorded a love song. That became a top ten hit on the Billboard charts. Hold on. Name that song. I have to do it. Uh, um. Oh my God, Kyle, we sang this like literally. We literally sang it literally on, on sang Monday's it. episode. Oh man. Um. The problem is we listened to Hollow Notes last night. I know it's not Private Eyes. Uh, Hungry Eyes. It is not Hungry Eyes. He did not sing. Oh that no, song. she's like the wind. It is, she's like the wind. But I'm sorry, you already put your answer in. Yes. No. That's She's right. like I, I cannot. I can't believe we literally sang that song. Hungry Eyes oh is on the soundtrack, but not. Sung. Hungry Eyes is on the soundtrack, but it's not him. Oh um, my god, this is all right. Zero to zero after after the first round. Okay, Kyle Swayze's love interest in Ghost was Demi Moore, but it was another co-star who professed her love and gratitude to Swayze after winning an Academy Award for their performance in Ghost. What is that actor's name? That is Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg is correct. Very nice. She's Kyle is up. She's up. <laughs> can't believe you missed it. You got it like literally one second after you said the wrong answer. I know. It's going to haunt her for days. It is. All right. Gosh, I can't let it affect the rest of my game. This is going to be a tough one, Caroline. I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling you're not going to have seen this movie, but oh. you still have a shot. I get, I'm giving you a, a puncher's chance here. Okay. In the movie Youngblood... Oof. Swayze and Rob Lowe are teammates. Swayze is injured and Lowe fights the player who injured his beloved teammate, Patrick Swayze. 
What sport do they play in Youngblood? Youngblood. I covered this movie on the pod, Caroline. I'm not surprised that you that you. That's why I didn't give it to you, Kyle. Is this a hockey movie? It's a hockey movie. Oh, she got that. it. Wow. You would have thoughts on this one, Caroline. I bet you I would. Have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I was like, extremely eighties movie. Rob Lowe gives me hockey vibes, and that's really more. Yes, back in it. All right, yeah, I'm shaking the. She's like romance movie. Yes. All right. <laughs> back to you, Kyle. So, so we are we are tied at one, Kyle. You you the two of you just watched and discussed Roadhouse, in which Swayze's love interest was the lovely Kelly Lynch. Uh, which now famous actress was originally cast in the role of Dr. Elizabeth Clay, but was replaced after it was found that she didn't have great chemistry with Swayze. This is unbelievable nonsense. Annette Benning. Annette Benning is correct. Did you guys talk about it in the podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. He read, yeah. He read it as part of the IMDb trivia, and we had a whole conversation about how Annette Benning is great, but this is not the cast. Look, not sometimes, the it just, sometimes it just breaks your way, you know? Watching Patrick Swayze pick up Annette Benning and pin her against a, a brick wall, some exposed brick, would be an interesting, interesting visual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Damn it. This is gonna still haunt me when they miss the first one. <laughs> well, you're gonna really, yeah, you're gonna be really mad. See, because that's the thing because we discussed we discussed that too. <laughs> I know. Oh, I just I got too excited. Okay, <sighs> Caroline. And again, I wrote these questions before we recorded today, okay? Okay. In Point Break, Swayze's love interest is obviously Johnny Utah. In which game <laughs> did Johnny suffer his career-ending injury? Oh, um, it was the Rose Bowl, wasn't it? I'm going to need an opponent. Was it against USC? <laughs> it was against USC in the Rose Bowl. Very <laughs> nice. Okay. for uh, We're, we're going to call this a tie unless I have a potential tiebreaker here. There is <laughs> one. I've gotten my stupid question right. There's one plausible game in real life that could have been the momentous Johnny Utah career ending oh, injury Rose Bowl in which USC and Ohio State did play in the Rose Bowl. Can either of you tell me the year, the last year that Ohio State and Utah played in the Rose Bowl? Ohio State and USC, you mean? Is that, what did I, what did I say? You said Ohio State and Utah. I'm sorry. <laughs> John, 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 also, be, also be a sick. <laughs> Ohio State and actually. USC. Ohio State and USC, yes. I would say like 88. Kyle, do I'll, you, I'll let you answer before I say the answer. Oh my God! I'll go. I'll go. Eighty-six. It was nineteen eighty-five. We we're going to call it a tie. Okay, good. That's good. That, that's fair. Valiant that's fair. effort for both of you. <laughs> Damn a, it! A great performance. All really, honestly, get, getting getting that that many right in uh, in Swayze, a little thing called love, is a is an impressive achievement for both of you. I know you're really. We knew been, all of them except the very difficult Red Dawn question. We just some of us were not. I mean that that them. was that's on me. I, I for some <laughs> reason I had expunged Red Dawn out of my head. But there's it's for the I, best. Caroline, you have definitely there's a clip from Red Dawn of I can't remember. He's like the famous character actor. Uh, he was in Paris, Texas. I can't remember what his name is. But him screaming like "Avenge me!" to Patrick Swayze and Charlie. Uh, yeah, it's the guy from it's the I, I can't remember his name, but Caroline it's the guy from Sixteen know. Candles. The guy from Alien. 
The guy, yes. the old guy from Alien. Oh, in the first John Hurt. Movie. Not John Hurt. No, no, no. The other old guy. Oh. He, I think he's a. I think he's a triple namer. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that I can't remember. His oh, name. I know something. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yes, he it is a Harry is Dean a, Stanton. Harry yes, Dean Harry Stanton. Stanton. Thank you. Yes, yes, Thank yes, you yes, to, yes, yes. Uh, to Kyle for getting that. He's the one that gets kind of distracted by the cat. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a horrifying dark movie. Again, not a good time. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of other <laughs> next Patrick week, Swayze. Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other Patrick Swayze movies are a good time. And I'm really glad, Kyle, that you chose point break. This is this is like this is a such a like slick, cool. It's a movie that makes you feel cool when you're watching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the the final question really does this make you want to be a bank robber more or an FBI agent? Was <laughs> <laughs> again, this is not fair because I've been watching a lot of X Files and that tilts things, evens things back up with the FBI side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. As long as you don't go in the vault, you're probably fine. Yeah, also if true. you get out, if you follow the rules, if you get out, what is it like two minutes or something? Like you're yeah. good. Yeah. Once again, that's, that's a problem in ninety. From my, from all my extensive research, that seems to be the problem. In like ninety five percent of heists is you just take too long. Like Caroline Triple Frontier, same problem. Get out too of the house. Long. Get out of that. You got what you needed, Ben Affleck. Get out of there. And we'll be back uh, next week on For the Water Cooler for with more bank robbing tips for you and your friends. <laughs> In the meantime, go and listen to Big Screen Sports with Kyle uh, and often Caroline also. And uh, it, the, as we've discussed, they're on there talking about Roadhouse this week. Really, really fun show. Uh, Kyle goes in and, and breaks down all kinds of fun movies that uh, if you're a fan of uh, For the Water Cooler, you will definitely love the kind of stuff that he's doing and talking about over there. Thank you so much for coming on, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. This was this was wonderful. Yay. We will uh, we will see you again soon, and we will see all of our listeners again next week here at the Water Cooler.